0: When he stuck them sideways out of the bed, his legs felt as if they were doing a new thing, something they didn't understand. Dress quickly now, said Mama. It's easy to catch cold after being so long in bed. I shall call your sister to help you. It was hard to keep upright. His legs were still sore in the places where they bent, his arms too, when he held them up to go through the sleeves. Feel funny, said his sister Gladys. Hold on to the bedpost while I fasten these buttons. Why, Raymond, I do believe you've grown taller in bed, dear. He saw a face low down in the great wardrobe mirror. For a moment, everything in him stopped. A terrible, thin face with perfectly round, shiny eyes, shadows you could almost see through that belonged to a thing, not a person. Dull, dull, tangled hair. ''Well, how do you look?'' said Glaris. She was putting a kind of jolliness into her voice. Her head came down beside his to see. She was healthy, different only in the way all people looked in mirrors. Mama brought out his green suit with the white curly collar and laid it on the bed. He watched little creases being smoothed from its special cloth. ''Is it Sunday?'' he said. Lines folded deeper in Mamma's face, her bright eyes fixed on his so hard that he felt guilty and blinked several times. No, she said in a low voice, but you're to wear it today. I'm taking you to have your photograph made. Gladys squeezed him. The doctor says you're a lot better now, Raymond. Won't it be nice? He clutched her warm arm. Sideways through Gladys's hair, he could see Mamma standing still, watching. "'Silly, silly little boy. He's frightened,' said Gladys. "'I had it done last year. You know that. "'And Mama has. Everybody has. There. Funny boy.' "'She brushed his hair till it was smooth "'and cut off some little pieces and put them in an envelope. "'Glad,' he said. "'What are you crying for?' "'But instead of answering, she began to dab his face gently "'with a puff of her own powder.' It was cold downstairs. Everything felt hard and big, and the linoleum looked like frozen water. Button his overcoat up, said Mamma. Stay quietly in that chair, Raymond, until the cab comes, close to the fire. The yellow-tiled grate turned onto him an unfamiliar, quivering heat that made him blink often. Soon the little pains in his knees died out. He was damp and hot inside his clothes. You must behave well, said Mamma. Do exactly as the gentleman directs. Keep very still for him. That's the most important. Thing. Are you warm? The cab, Gladys called. It's here. She came into the room. Oh, how much better he looks. He'll be sorry to leave such a nice fire, won't you, Raymond? They got into the cab. There was a strange smell of its leatheriness, and some kind of scent and pipe smoke were in the thick blue cloth of a seat the padded walls. He sat between Mamma and Gladys and watched the tall roof stream past the window. Isn't it fun, said Gladys. Listen to the horse's feet trotting as fast as he can go, and all especially for this little boy. When they climbed down the cab's iron steps, it was in a street with shops and high buildings. Mamma stopped to talk to the driver. Come along, said Gladys. Up we go. Let me help you, old Mr. Shaky Legs. There were many stairs inside the building. Whenever they stopped, they saw more leading upwards. Must be growing while we climb them, Gladys panted. She had both arms tightly round him, almost carrying him. From below, Mama was calling softly and crossly, Gladys, wait a moment, if you please. We must all go in together. They came to the last of the stairs, and there was a door that was partly made of glass with printed letters on it. "'Come,' said Mamma. "'The man inside wore black clothes. "'There was no hair on his head, "'and he had yellow eyes that moved in a sort of liquid. "'He said, "'So this is the little man, a bright chap. "'In no time you'll be as fit as a fiddle, hm?" "'He held a hand out to Raymond. "'The fingers were dark brown, "'and some of the nails had split "'until you could see into the cracks.' Shake hands with the gentleman, Raymond, said "Mamma, He could do nothing. Not altogether surprising, said the man, hmm? and made a noise like a laugh, but he wasn't pleased. Chemicals ruin the hands, madame. Sit down in this nice chair, little man. He began to talk to Mamma in a whisper, glancing sideways. The room was very big, with wide windows and a ceiling, but they were painted streaky white and no sky showed through them. Tall, shining things made of wood and glass and yellow metal stood everywhere. Now, let us begin. The little fellow's overcoat off, please, madame. Then Raymond was on a different chair. His legs hung down from the huge leather seat. The man picked up his hand and pressed it onto the chair's cold, knobbed arm as if it belonged there. A polished table stood close by. On it were a book made of leather and a shiny plant like mamma's. Genuine antiques, the man was saying to Mama. The floral background is hand-painted in oils. Tidy his hair, Gladys, whispered Mama. A burning brightness came high up. His eyes itched and watered. The man said, don't look at the lights, little fellow, and moved metal things that clicked under a black cloth. Raymond shivered. He seemed to be in another place, feeling nothing, like being asleep and not dreaming he could hear Gladys blowing her nose somewhere behind the brightness. Ah, yes, said the man, busy jerking things in the dark. Doesn't he look a picture? He cleared his throat. Steady now. Still as a mouse. See what I've got in my hand? And as if he was singing a little song. Keep quite, quite, quite still. Clack, went his machine. Now again. When the lights went out at last, everything broke into spots of purple darkness. This very evening, madame, the man was saying. On one hand, he had a glove with a head like a monkey, without fail in the circumstances. His voice had a secret in it. I'm so very sorry. On the way downstairs, Raymond sneezed. He lay quietly in bed. When he moved, all the old pains jumped in his arms and legs, worse than weeks ago. His nose was running. For a time, the sun made slow, ready squares on the wallpaper. Then it disappeared. His heart began to hurry, bumping until it hurt. The bed seemed to shake. A tiny ticking noise began somewhere down among the springs, keeping time with his heart. The door opened. It was Gladys again. How now, dear, she said, and put her cheek against his forehead. The shivering stopped and now he's too hot. Poor little sick Raymond. She sat on the bed. I've got a surprise for you, she said. Lie very still and I'll show you. It's just this moment arrived. Look. She held something up high above his chest. A reddish-brown picture. He knew the table in it, the huge chair, the book, the shiny plant, from some time in the past. There, too, was that terrible face. After a moment, he turned to her. She smiled and nodded. It's the photograph, darling. Isn't it nice? He twisted his head away, and his neck ached. Tears came out of his eyes. He felt angry and frightened, as if he had lost part of himself. Gladys was tightening the bedclothes round him. Poor dear, does it hurt to look up? I'll put the photo here on the mantelpiece and light the candle so that you can see it all the time. We're going to have another big one in a frame to hang downstairs when is so pleased. Her voice turned down and trembled. Suddenly he felt himself held tightly. Raymond. Gladys was crying again and a tear ran down the inside of his collar. Oh, my little... and she squeezed him until he gasped. Then she ran out of the room and the door thudded. He felt cold and small. Then in the same instant he was enormous. His head stretched from the pillow until it touched the walls. His huge hands were pressing down through the bed to the floor. From far below came the ringing click of the bedspring like distant hoofbeats. On the mantelpiece was the little brown picture child. His face was white and horrible and still. He clung to his chair and stared at Raymond. The candle was too bright to look at it. When it flickered, the whole room bobbed. Waves of fright rushed over him, up through the bed. His ears were bursting with the noise. Keep still said something inside him. Keep quite, quite, quite still. His head was changing its shape because it was so heavy, and the beating, bubbling heart climbed up to meet it. Keep quite, quite, quite still, said a voice. It sounded like his own, but this time it wasn't inside his head. It was outside, close to his ear twisted himself through the hot clothes, crying because it hurt, and looked. He nearly screamed with terror. By the bed stood the picture child, alive, in the green suit, but now it was reddish-brown. His face was the narrow photograph face, like a hollow China thing. Still, said the boy, keep quite, quite, Quite still, little man. He put out a hand and laid it on the rumpled sheet. Brown fingers, and the nails were split wide open. Your heart's going to burst, he said. The whole of the bedroom roared and crackled, yet at the same time it was utterly quiet. The boy smiled, little bony teeth I'm going to have your tops, he said. The new ones, too. The bedspring kept time like a great bell. And in this bed will be me. Just keep quite, quite still. You won't be anything at all. Feel it bursting. Downstairs they were arguing. Crass folly! She twisted a handkerchief in her fingers and tried to hold her lips firm, but they trembled. Kindly remember, Doctor, that I am the child's mother. I wanted this memory of him to keep more than anything you could ever understand. Nonsense, madam, said the Doctor. Think I wouldn't have told you if he was dying? But now I can't answer for what you may have done today. Let me see him at once. Halfway up the first flight of stairs, they heard the cries in his bedroom and ran the rest of the way. The doctor threw the door open. Raymond! He was crouching near the window in his nightshirt. But over it, he had pulled a jacket of his best green suit. The trousers were clasped to his chest. His eyes were bright with delirium, staring towards the bed. I won't! I won't be still! The screaming went on, hoarse and terrified. He didn't seem to see them. From the window ledge, he snatched a picture book and held it tightly. I won't! No! No! I won't go on the mantelpiece!
1: A surprise for you all and I hope you enjoyed it that was the short-lived 1970s radio series late night story and the radio play we heard was called the photograph which was first broadcasted on December 23rd 1978 again my apologies for the delayed episode but yesterday The nine-to-five was (laughs) transformed into a nine-to-midnight. And once I got home, I was not in the mindset to record. But, as promised, the radio show nerd will not disappoint. So, with that being said, good evening, my friends. (laughs) And welcome to another episode of Terror Radio podcast if this is your first time joining me then welcome this is a podcast dedicated and bringing you the best of horror and thriller old-time radio broadcasts as well as original stories i am your host keith aka the radio show nerd and tonight's episode is entitled holding on to the ultimate grudge And once you hear both stories, you will definitely know where I'm coming from. So, without further ado, this is Terror Radio. The two radio series highlighted tonight are Lights Out, followed by Dark Fantasy. Our first story is called Until Dead, and that was first broadcasted on Lights Out, May 26, 1937, and that's followed by the radio play, Pennsylvania Turnpike, which was first broadcasted on Dark Fantasy, March twentieth, 1942. Now, you all know the drill, sit back, turn down the lights, and listen to Until Dead, followed by Pence Pennsylvania Turnpike
2: Ironized Yeast Presents Lights Out. supernatural and the supernormal, dramatizing the fantasies and the terrors of the unknown. We tell you this frankly, so if you wish to avoid the excitement and tension of these imaginative plays, we urge you calmly but sincerely to turn off your radio now.
3: This is Arch Ovaler. He walks the earth, the little man. You look at him and say, what can he do? But then comes war, and barbarism threatens his own home, and suddenly the little man towers over the earth, a figure of vengeance. This, too, tonight is a story of vengeance. But before we begin, Bob Stevenson wants to ask you a question.
2: Does they, then, find you so worn out and all in that you can't enjoy the evening? Are you so jittery and underweight and under par that you're losing out in your work and in your fun? Remember the name. Ironized yeast tablets. And now... Lights out. Everybody.
4: You've got ten minutes with him, counselor. I know, I know. Colonel Rogan, I understand you want to see me. Sit down, counselor. I'm very busy. I'm standing Yes. What's on your mind? There's always a chance, you know. The jury's been out three hours. The level with the jury. Get me a knife. Huh? Get me a knife. A knife? Are you insane? A knife, get me one. But, but why? You've got a chance, my, my final summation, the jury, my, my deadlock, yes, deadlock. Shut no. up and listen to me. Well, when the jury comes in, he'll be there sure. He? Mark Street. Oh. Oh, him. You still don't believe. Oh, but I, I do, I do. I definitely believe that an individual by that name does exist. Exist? He killed my wife. But, but the evidence... He killed my wife, you hear me? He killed my wife. Yes, yes, I know. Now, so you listen to me. You listen, I'll make you listen. For days you've been out there in that courtroom talking words. Words, high-sounding legal words. All the time you won't believe the word I told you. All the time back of that mug of yours, you've been thinking, yeah, he killed her, he killed her. I killed her. It's the thing that ever came into a man's life. Now, Mac, I want you to Let me know... get it out of me. My wife, she was helping me and loving me. The guy coming along who couldn't stand to be unhappy. Took a look at Marie and in that rat mind he must have said to himself, "Okay, beautiful, I'm going to get you. How and when I don't know, but someday, beautiful, someday." That's what he said. And that's what he did. What? When now he came over. Sure, he got to be my friend. He came over and when Marie told him I was. Working late down at the plant, he said he'd wait for me. Business. Business of hell. What? Oh, how can I tell you? I, I can only think in my head and remember it in my head. I hear... I hear you. I you. Fighting again. Fighting. I don't hear any Fighting. Fighting. He must have clawed at his eyes. And that knife in his hand. He's bad for once. And again. And the third time... When I got home, she had strength to whisper just two words. His name. And then she was dead. And he killed her. He'd find me so I'd take the rat knee that loved her, Mark Street. He did it. You hear me, Mark Street? But, but no trace of the man. He'll come be back. Beaten. He'll come back now to hear that jury speak its peace. He'll come back. I know he will. That'll be my chance to get him. Get me that knife. But Matt, my the knife, I got that. He'll be there. I can give it to him once, twice, three times the way he did to her and his face and his neck and his dirty house, dead the way she's dead. His blood wiping out what he did to her. A knife. Get me a knife. Order in the courtroom. Order in the courtroom. Bennett will clear the courtroom unless order is immediately restored. You've got it, All right. Everything's going to be all right. Then you certainly didn't think I'd I really... Well, I, I mean a man in my position. He's sensible, Mac. How could I? Your wild story about revenge against a man nobody you knows of. double cross Mac, nice. jury's coming. Ladies and gentlemen of the jury, have you reached the verdict? We
3: have, Your Honor. You will read the verdict. We, the jury, find the defendant is charged in the indictment guilty of murder in the first degree. The prisoner will rise and face the court. He's talking to you, Mac. What? The prisoner will rise.
4: Judge, get up, Rogan. Mark Street. You're here. I know it.
3: Mac, Rogan, have you
4: anything to say before sentence is passed upon you? I see him. Rogan, what's the matter? Mark
3: Street, he's here.
4: Here. Mark Street. Street. You're here. I see you.
3: I'll get you now. Oh! Now he can't. Mark oh, Street, I've got you to, got to you get him. him. He's kill me. He's killing me. He can't let me go. Now let go with me. You can't, let, me. You you
4: can't let him get away. You, you can't, can't I him I saw him. Mark Street, oh, listen to me. You.
3: I'll get you. I tell you, I'll get you when you
4: got hurt. Three times. What's across oh, your face? What's over with that? What's wrong with that? I'll get you, my Street, I swear. I'll get you. I'm asking you as a particular favor to me, Rogan, to behave yourself. Yeah. Now, every man in this cell block is a condemned man. Disturbances just make it harder for everyone concerned. I ain't gonna be with you long, Warden. There's two weeks yet, my boy. I'm not going out that way. Oh. Escape, eh? I'm just telling you not to count too much on swinging that trap. Don't try it, Rogan. No man's ever escaped from the death house in this penitentiary. And no man ever will. Yeah. Well, this is it, Rogan. Yeah, I wouldn't. Oh, hello, Rico. Oh, guard. Right. Open the cell door. Hello, Morgan. In here, Rogan. Yeah, what's the matter, Warden? Your hotel getting crowded, so you got to give me a roommate? Yeah. Now, behave yourself, men. I don't want any trouble. Well,
3: I sure
4: wouldn't. You don't make any trouble. I hope not. See you later. <laughs> the warden's like a school teacher. Uh Rogan, how do you know my name? Yeah, there ain't much going on around here. Rico Bartelli don't know.
2: Yeah? Yeah. You
4: want to know. How do you get out of here? Well, um, uh, there's two ways. Uh, one through that door where you just came in with the warden... And the other through that green door down there at the other end. That's a funny door. It only opens up one way. They're not going to hang me. Ah, a lot of guys say that, but they feed the worms just the same. I'm getting out of here. Well, it's easy just to talk. i got to get out. Why? To kill you crazy? Well, never mind. To me, it going not make no difference just so long as you help me. I told you Rico about telling those lots of things. Listen to this. I know where to crack this place. They'll just talk. I'll die in my spot. Don't just talk, my friend. Me, I ain't got time to talk. Yeah. They think they're gonna hang me three days from now. Oh. Yeah, that's why when I say something I mean it. But you too. They got Sam yeah, listen. Look. Every day, four o'clock. They'll let me and you out in the room down there that they call an exercise room. We're supposed to walk up and down and get exercise, so we'll feel good when they stretch our neck. Hold you and me in the exercise room for ten minutes. No God. They figure it's all right. The room ain't got nothing in it, no window. And the guard locks it up from the outside. Then how do you... I'm trying to tell you. In the room is nothing. Dead wall. Death wall. And then the floor, there's one iron saw there bleeding down to the sewer that runs in the respective river. Marie? Sure, sure. you do like I say, and we will see you pretty quick. This water, how deep is ever, No, it? no. It doesn't make any difference. If I can swim in it. Yeah, not in this water, my friend. Why not? How far is it from where we can get in the sewer to the river? mile. I can oh, swim a oh, dozen Yeah, way. not in this water. Why not? Tell me why
3: not?
4: Hey, you guys! i God. Okay, screw. We're going to sleep. Tell me. Why not? Because, my friend, after the pipe is under the exercise room, goes a little way, it joins the main pipe. Well, and on the main so there's no room for swimming. The pipe's filled to the top with water. I'll swim at any time. breathe what? The water? I've gotta get out. Sure, you've said that before. But you ain't gonna get out if you don't listen to Rico. I tell you, the water in the sewer is as as up to the top. Maybe half a one inch clear air up on top. Not enough to swim, my friend. But just enough to get air. If you got the right thing. What? A diving rig? Ah, a little piece of rubber pipe that you keep in your mouth. And you stick it up out of the water so you're sucking the air while you walk through the water. It's over your head. Where do you get the rubber hose? Here. See? I got one right here. And I got another one for you. It's in stuck in my mouth? Listen, I raise it high like this So it sticks up out of the water And I suck up that little inch of air That's waiting up there on top Black Street, I'll be coming for you soon Black Street, what's that? All I want to know is you're going to break with me down the saw tomorrow Man, you don't know what you're doing for. Oh, shut your mouth, I do it because I can't lift a heavy shore there by myself But with you will lift it Will lift it Okay Tomorrow, four o'clock, we try, huh? Four o'clock
2: gentlemen. A deep breath, please, before we go on with the story of vengeance and MacRogan. Yes, and while we do so, girls, is this how you feel these strenuous war days?
3: No, I'm not going to dance with a soldier. I'm too tired out to enjoy it. And since I've gotten so thin and run down and on edge, nobody wants to dance with me anyway. Well, you don't look so good lately. But listen, you know Sally Blake. Well, she was underweight and weary and jumpy, too. And she found out that all she needed was more vitamin B and iron. Vitamin B and iron? I don't understand.
2: Let me explain, Miss. When you don't get enough vitamin B from your food, you may lose your appetite, so you don't eat enough. Then you may lose weight and lose your pep. Or you may not get all the good out of your food. And when you don't get enough iron from what you eat, you may be weak and pale and washed out.
3: Oh, dear. If more vitamin B and iron is what I need. I suppose I've got to take some disagreeable medicine. Sally didn't. She took ironized use tablets. She says they're a cinch to take. Just pleasant little tablets. And you should use that.
2: And now, back to Life's Out. This is the day and the time for the two condemned men to dare try for freedom.
4: Get plenty of exercise, boys. Won't be long now. Good girl, Alex. Rico. Rico. The floor, there's no solar with it? Well, you think they got a label on it or something? Stop, quit talking. we got to move fast. Show sure. me for the leather. Okay, okay. Keep your pants on. Yeah. You see the circle on the floor? Yeah. That's the lid. It's covered with cement just like the floor. What? Heaven wait how we lift it out. I keep quiet. Yeah. I got something that'll do the work. a cold chisel. I told you, Rico Bartelli's a smart guy. This little piece of steel cost me plenty. But I got her on you. It's going to get me right out of here. Now, listen. Look. Stick the chisel in the crack. And push up. The cover comes up a little bit. And you stick your fingers underneath. Okay. I got it. There. Now, get your fingers under. Yeah. Okay. Now, lift lift. it? <laughs> <laughs> You're crushing my like fingers. Don't make it hard. Don't make it hard. I England, mother of mercy. I think get, get that lid off me. Can't get it up. Oh, a no. And I got I got it. Oh. So in the room. Oh. I it. <laughs> now, help me. I've got it up again. Help me lift it. There it goes.
1: There we (laughs) go.
4: Let it down. The devil with my fingers? Let's go. Okay. You drop down there first. I don't know how deep the water is. Yeah, man. Yeah. Come on. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Water's well, not deep. Only right up to my waist. This way now? This way. Come on. Busted dark I right know the way. The way. But I can't go too fast. There's doors someplace along yeah. here. I might fall in. Okay. Well, yes. Yeah. Sakes. Keep going, keep going. It's black, I can't see nothing. I'm gonna run. Shut up. What? shut up. the water don't you feel? It's moving faster. Yeah, you're right. That means a mean slows up a hat, come on. Why shouldn't I? The main pipes ahead. Yeah, the main pipes ahead. That means we're going right. Oh, I'm not afraid of drowning. Either. I can't bone. I've got to kill him first. I can't drown. No. Oh. It doesn't matter to you. Come on. Wait a minute. Give me my piece of rubber hose first. Rubber hose? Yeah, sure. Like you told me, the breeze through. And the maze, so give it to me now and get the water separate. Give you what? What's the matter with you? man Tell me what's up. one piece of rubber hose. But, Lico, you that said... What I'm saying, what is That's two different things. I got one. A me. And me. You. You help me lift up a soul. okay that swim. Now, if you want to go out and knock off that guy you always talk about... Okay, I ain't stopping you. Take a swim for yourself. Give me that piece of hose. you better take a swim while you're still healthy, my friend. Give me that hose. Stay back me. Give it me. to me. Okay, I'll give you ah! Oh, Get out. 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 head, you Get out. Get out. Get out. Get Ben, you're double-crossing one with it, Mike. <laughs> of Scram. One o'clock closing hours in this town. Help me. Hey, Hey, what's the matter with you? Mark Street. Huh? What's that you said? Mark Street. Where is he? Mark Street.
3: Oh, you mean that lanky chiseler I, uh, I, uh, I didn't know exactly I mean, I, well, I, I ain't seen the guy recent. Where? Uh, where is he? Hennessy's place. Yeah, that's it. I remember hearing a couple of the boys saying he moved in up there. Say, Hey, wait a minute, fella. What you want to drink? What you want me to get... Well, is that a note? Walks right out on me. I wonder what in the...
4: Jeez. What a funny thing. It ain't rained around here for a week. And the guy's clothes were soaking wet. All right, all right. I'm coming, I'm coming. Ah, waking a man up in the middle of the night. That's a disturbing the beast. drunk? What do you want? Mark
3: Street. Mark Street? Is that what one you said?
4: They told me. He's staying here. He was staying here, you mean? He's gone?
2: That's all right. He's a gone. Tell me. Where? Where is he now? He's down six feet in the Rosamont
4: Cemetery. Mark Street. He's died die last a week. Good night. Mark Street died last week. No, Mark Street, you can't cheat me that way. Roadmont Cemetery, All right, Mark Street. I'm coming out to you. I could follow the middle one. Ah, now I can see. Yeah. Well, that's my... beloved wife. No, 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 not you. Mark Street, where are you? Where? So in the graves, white stones, moonlight so many dead. If you are here, I'll find you. Here, yeah, like Eliza, What'll remain? And we're You Mark Street, I've got you. Maybe this one. Here lies Mark Street. I found you, Mark Street. I found you. All these dead, I found you. But are you dead? I must know. know. I will 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 know.
3: I will know. I will know. I will. I will. I will know. I will know. I
4: will know. The coffin. The coffin. Oh, I'm telling you what left Mark Street. Now I'll know. Oh, they covered you well. If yes, it is you. Yes. If it is you, Mark Street. Shielded me. Yes. Oh, no. Maybe not. Maybe not. Maybe there's another. Maybe there's another world beyond this one. A world of dead. Where you are now. I'll go there. I'll go there, I'll get you there. We goes cold it with my hand, I'll shove it in my heart, and then I'll be just like you. You hear me, Mark Street? It's Mac. Mac Rogan talking to you wherever you are. I'm coming to you. I'm
3: coming to you. Matt Rogan. Marie. Matt. Marie. Marie. Marie, I heard. How? When?
4: I don't know. I
3: I heard you calling me. Mac Rogan. It
4: is you, Marie. I heard you. I can hardly see. I don't know where I am, but I heard you.
3: You got. Your wish, my darling. What? Look there in front of you.
4: Mark Street. Mark Street at, at last. last. No, no, let me go. The dead can't prove it, Let me go. And the knife. The knife you killed her with is in my hand. The knife. At last, Mark Street, I'll give you what you gave her. No, no. Once in a second. No. Twice. At the very time. Now, go back to your grave, Mark Street, and I'll go to mine.
2: Well, Mr. Obler, do you really think that revenge can go beyond the grave? I like to think that it doesn't. I'd like to think that murder and mercy find equal rest in peaceful death. Well, I'm interested in next week's story. You go back to California to do that one. What's it going to be about? It's a long postponed tale. I started
3: to do it three times in this program, and each time something happens. I'll tell you of those postponements
2: in a moment, after you fulfill- finish what you want to tell us. Well, briefly, folks, if it's vitamin B and iron shortage that's keeping you thin and weak, tired, washed out, and really only half-living then do try ironized yeast tablets right away. They give you both vitamin D and iron. They cost but a few pennies a day, and they're sold on this no-risk, money-back basis. If you don't quickly begin to eat better, sleep better, feel much stronger and happier, and if you are not convinced that ironized yeast will help you gain just the good pounds you need to look your best, the cost of the first bottle will be refunded to you in full by ironized yeast, box IY, Raw, New Jersey. Just be sure you get the one and only ionized yeast. Always ask for it by its full name, ionized yeast. And look for the big IY on the package and on each tablet. And now, what about this postponed story, Mr. O'Blitz? Well, we all
3: start things we don't finish. Now, before I started a word and started and didn't finished it. That reminds me of something that you folks may not have finished. I'm referring to your war stamp book. Ah, don't say what again and turn that dial. You know that boy who used to live up the street from you who's in that flying fortress? He can't turn any dials and get out of there when the trapman gets close. He's gotta keep on. And so how about you and that war stamp book? How long since you put another stamp in it? Remember, four 25 cent stamps will buy a hand grenade. Fifteen 50 cent stamps buy an anti-tank mine. Six 25 cent stamps are a winter command helmet. Yes, your money in war stamps can actually save the life of an American soldier. Here's another way to look at it. War stamps earn no interest. War bonds, on the other hand, do. They pay you back four dollars for every three. So looking at it either way as a dollar investment for your future, or better yet, an investment in a free world, you'd better put those spare dimes and quarters to work against the axis for victory and for you. In the future,
2: well, it'll mean a future of a free world. Ladies and gentlemen, tune in next Tuesday again for Archobler's eerie story, He Dug It Up. A strange tale inspired by a visit to pre-war England. And if you need more vitamin B and iron, be sure to try Ironized Yeast. The one and only Ironized Yeast with the big letters IY on the package and on each tablet.
3: Man, these days, not even for a man to shave. Speed is mighty important. So, why not enjoy the quick, comfortable shave that you get with Mole brushless shaving cream?
5: Turnpike. Howdy, stranger. Howdy, mister. Mind if I come in and sit a while? Nope, reckon I don't. sort of dead blamed along this highway. i uh, surprise. My feet wouldn't hold up another mile. Are you hitching? Yep. Now going fur? Don't know. Uh, come fur? Yep. Come around, smart piece. Hmm, getting pretty old being hitchhiking. Get many rides? Yep. Had anything to eat lately? Not much. Coffee smells good. Hmm, it is good. Make it myself. How about a cup? Warm you up. All right. Matter of fact, I'll have one with you. Got any man's bread? Any what? Man's bread. Never heard of it. No, I forgot. Reckon you never have. Here you are, Mister. Nice and hot. How much? Oh, just a nickel. I don't know what a nickel it is, but take it out of that. What's <laughs> blind? Hey, hold on! This ain't no nickel. What's that, Mister? I say this ain't no nickel. It's a gold coin. Hey, don't you know it's against the law to have gold in your possession these days? Since what law? Why, well, well, we went off the gold standard years ago. Everybody turned in their gold, well, they turned into the government. And, well, they got silver in exchange. I see. You best return my coin. Well, this coin is old, ain't it, stranger? Somewhat. Yeah, old. Got the head of the King of England on it. Can't see the date very well. See, seventeen mm-hmm. hundred yeah, something. take this coin instead. I gave you the gold one by mistake. Well, brother, I'm making no mistake when I give it back to you. To my way of thinking, right now that gold coin ain't worth a plug nickel. Yeah, I think you'll find this one's legal tender. Yeah, thanks. How about a sandwich? What? Uh, a sandwich. I don't know what you're talking about. Ah, you're a queer one. <laughs> yeah. Wrapped up in this wax paper. A sandwich. Never seen nothing like that before. Yeah. Oh, let's try one. On the house. Eh? I said try one. No charge. Yours. Oh. Thanks. Good coffee. Yeah. Got to admit it is. Folks around here always have a good word to say for Joe Davis and his coffee. Uh, don't you know where you're heading for, stranger? No i n't the slightest idea. How come? You mean you're just a roaming about with no particular end in mind? No. I've planned what I intend to do for years. Well, what are you to do? That I'll discuss with no one. Okay, okay. Don't get the idea I'm nosing into your business. Uh, how's the sandwich? What's that? I said, uh, how's the sandwich? Oh. Oh, this yes. Not so Good. Tastes funny. That's good boiled ham. Don't like it. Mm. Well, you got no kick coming. Didn't have to pay for it. I intend to pay you. Nope. No charge. But I always pay all my debts. Well, this is one you don't have to, stranger. Especially since you don't like the thing. I've paid every debt I ever owed. Except one. Well, one's not so bad. we will probably get it paid off someday. Yeah. I'll pay it. I waited long enough. I can wait a while longer.
3: Want more coffee, Strangler?
5: No. This is plenty. By the way, do you happen to know many people in these parts? Quite a few, yes. They run on any folks with red hair. Red hair? Yeah. Well, let me think. No. No, can't say the hair. Why? Oh, i just interested in folks with red hair. Are you? Only take rides in cars with men with red hair. Why is that? Oh, I got a pretty good reason. You see, the man I owe that debt to has red hair. Oh, has he? President Red. Hmm. And uh, what are you putting up for the night? Ain't sure. Depends. Well, there's a tourist cabin about two miles up the turnpike. Might stop in there. Place have many customers. Yep, yep, quite a few. Long this time of year. Might stop there then, have a look around. You probably never will again. What do you mean by that? Oh, nothing especially. <laughs> You're sure the mysterious one. Ah, uh, you better have another cup of coffee. Oh, no, thanks. Well, how I'm about plenty. a cigarette then, huh? No, I'm old fashioned. I smoke pipe. Well, okay, throw up
6: then. Say, what kind of tobacco
5: is that? Eh, oh, it's king's choice. Never heard of it. No. Reckon you never have. Something new? Older than you, hmm. Where can you buy it? Reckon you can't anymore. Oh, quit making it, huh? About a hundred years or so back. Mm Hmm? You wouldn't remember. Oh, you're ribbing me, huh? (laughs) Of course I wouldn't remember a hundred years back. Neither would you. You'd be surprised, mister. What do you mean? Nothing. <laughs> Especially. I don't get it. Look, you've spoken tobacco a hundred years old. Nothing particularly remarkable about that, is there? I always say what's old belongs to the old. I reckon you're not more than 60. <laughs> 60? Sure, 65 at most. My friend, suppose you take 60, double it and add the century. What? Double sixty and add a hundred? Why, that's. that's two hundred and twenty. Your arithmetic is excellent. Have a match? 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 Oh, yes. That's yes, sure a match. Here you be. Thank you. All right, you have a customer. Oh, yes. Uh, Generally, somebody stops for a few gallons of gas long about this time. Better throw away that cigarette and that gasoline. Be back in a minute, old hammer. Yes, sir. A little gas? No, I'd like a little information. Well, got a lot of that, too. Uh, Can you tell me the way to Pine Knob? Pine Knob? What's that, tourist camp? No, it's a town. Pine Knob, Pennsylvania. Never heard of it. It's out this way someplace. Supposed to be about 80 miles out of Pittsburgh in this direction. Well, see, Pittsburgh's about 78 miles back. Well, then I should be pretty close. Never heard of telling no Pine Knob. Been living here, man and boy, for 40 years. Ain't never seen nothing of the place or heard tell of it. Well, I know it's out here someplace i followed my directions here. I don't know whether to take that crossroad or follow the turnpike. Sorry, can't tell you, mister. Perhaps I can Eh? (laughs) Oh, you. Pine knob, you say, mister? Yes. It's a small town somewhere in this neighborhood. Not in this neighborhood, it ain't. Uh, You don't happen to remember anything about it, do you, old-timer? That's a nice hat you're wearing. Huh? I said that's a nice hat you're wearing. Yeah, thanks. Did you ever hear of pine knob? Mind if I see it? see what? Your hat. Oh, forget my hat. You know anything about Pie Knob? I might. After I've seen the hat. Look here. If you know how I can get to Pie Knob, I'll... Hey, 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 look, mister. Let him have a gander at the hat. You were the old boy. He uh, he hasn't got all these marbles. Oh, oh, very well. Hey, here. You can buy it in any hat shop for $10. Free initials if you want them. Yeah. Quite nice. What's that? The hat. Oh, you haven't even looked at it. No. I was admiring the gentleman's hair. What about my hair? I said it's nice. Bright, red. Yeah, red hair runs in my family. Now, uh, how about the hat back and a little information? Oh, your initials in the band, K.M. Could the last name be Minor? Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Oh, you saw my driver's license on the steering pole. No. How'd you know? I just hoped I was right. Oh, hang it all! do you? Or don't you know how I can get to Pine now? Yes, I know. Will you tell me then? No, I can't do that. Why not? Because the way is seldom traveled. You never find it by directions. Then can you go there with me to show me the way? There's nothing I'd like better. To take you to Pine Knob. Yeah. Well now, that's more like it. I'll pay you for whatever your time for. It. I'll collect all right. I assure you my time's of practically no value whatsoever. Uh, come on around, get in. I'll ride right, in the back. No, uh, come on in front with me. No, thank you. I prefer the back. Say, mister, you better humor the old boy as much as you can. He ain't as bright as he probably used to be. Oh, all right. Uh, all right, old timer. Hop in.
3: Oh,
5: uh, thanks a lot. Oh, you're welcome. Come back and see me. Well, I... I see him come and I see him go. But that old gent beats anything I've ever set eyes on. Oh. The old man dropped his bag at the backer. Hmm. Almost half full. King's choice. The Smoker's Friend, Raymond Tobacco Company, established 1756. We leave the turnpike in a minute or two. Uh, Then how far? Not far. Is hmm. the road good? Not so good. I say, does my chatter bore you, old-timer? Oh, not especially. Yeah, you give me the impression you don't want to talk. People talk too much nowadays. Me? I like to talk. Especially when I'm driving. Helps make the miles go faster. The turn up ahead. Yeah, where? Off to the right. Well, there's no place to turn off. Yes, there is. Don't see it. There. See? Well, Yes. Well, that, that road, it, it wasn't there a moment ago. It's been there for years. It's the road to take. <sighs> this isn't any ordinary road. You're right, is isn't. And no automobile tracks. You've never been an automobile on this road.
6: I, I don't understand.
5: You will, presently. Mm,
6: nothing but wagon tracks.
5: That's right. Wagons and a stagecoach. Stagecoach? Yes. You can see the hoof marks in the soft earth. Oh, I was noticing. Six cold black horses, the pride of Pennsylvania. What's that? Nothing important. I see. Look behind. Behind? Yes. Look. Where's the turnpike? We have left it far behind. Oh, not far. Less than a half a mile. We should be able to see it from here. No. It's nowhere in view. The buildings along the turnpike, where are they? All of that is past. Past? Yes, there is no turnpike. There are no buildings.
6: Nothing but open prairie land. Trees, hills, tall grass. No fences, no other roads except this one. It's
5: the only road for miles around. But where does it take us? To Pine Knob. That's where you wanted to go? Well, yes, but I... You asked me to show you the way to Pine Knob. This is it. Everything's changed so suddenly. Everything's different. Yes, naturally. But why? Did you ever ask yourself what time really is? Time? Yes, Mr. Minor. Time. I don't follow you. Suppose a long time ago something had happened to you. Suppose that incident was so important, so outstanding in your life It was necessary for you to do something about it. I still don't understand. Let me put it into the present instead of the past. Suppose today something should happen to you. Suppose it is so out of the ordinary that you'd never forget it. Probably something you think needs revenge. Revenge? And suppose you decided your spirit would never rest until you'd found that revenge, even though many scores of years had passed
6: away. I, I don't understand. Now, what
5: would you do, Mr. Minor? What could you do but roam from place to place seeking that revenge? You're talking over my head. Am I? You certainly are. What I'm getting at is this. If you'd find yourself in just such a situation, time would suddenly have no meaning to you. Think no more about the past or the present or the future. Time would be something unknown to you. Things you call the future now wouldn't be future at all. Incidents you call past wouldn't be past. They'd be now, what you call present, all rolled up into one.
2: That's a strange way of reasoning.
5: Not so strange once you've experienced it.
6: Have you ever experienced
5: it? I assure you, yes. You mean that things that have happened in the past are actually happening now? Precisely. And things in the future are taking place now, too? Naturally. One case being possible... You're the other naturally follows.
6: Oh, I oh, just some philosopher's
5: theory. It's much more than a mere theory. Oh, you know better than that, and so do
6: I. What's happened in the past has happened. What's going to happen certainly isn't taking place now.
5: Possibly I'll change your mind about that before this day ends.
6: <laughs> oh, no. Uh, not me, mister. By the way, you haven't told me your name.
5: Names are unimportant. Only incidents are important.
6: Yeah. And you haven't said how you knew my name.
5: That was quite obvious. Your red hair. The initials in your hatband.
6: I still don't see how you There's knew.
5: Pine Knob? ahead.
6: Yeah. Down in the valley. Yeah. Where did it get its name, Pine Knob?
5: Because in the center of the town you'll find a little mound. Three pine trees growing from it. It was under these trees that men have been trying for their lives. It's from them that men have been hanged.
2: Mm. That's a pleasant thought. The
6: town seems deserted.
5: Yes, I suppose it is by now. What do you mean? you see. There. The stage office is over there. The stage is in. See? See? Across the road. Pull up here. Across from it. Yeah, right. So this is Pine Knob. I see. That man on the stagecoach with the reins in his hands. And that other man handing up that metal box. Quiet. Listen to what they say. All right, Hank.
6: That's a gold. Better take good care of it.
5: You know where they're going to get this gold? Going right on through to Kelby. Anybody tries to stop the stage this trip... I'll be ready for him. alone, partner. See you in a week. Come on, boy. Get up there. Gee, get up. Those, those two men. The one on the stagecoach. Exactly. He looks and talks exactly like you. And the other one like me. You must follow that stage. Start the car. I, I don't understand all this. Start the car. Follow the stage. I'd take my oath that those two men are exactly... Follow the stage. Oh, what is this, a dream? Oh, I waited a long time for this day. What do you mean? Yes, nine score years I waited. Nine score? More than three normal lifetimes, and finally the day is here. Look here. Whoever you are, would you mind telling me just what this is all about? Why are we following that stagecoach? Yeah. See, it's beginning. What's beginning? The stage. See, it's stopped. Yeah. Something's wrong. More than you think. drive right up behind it? Maybe we can help. No, there's nothing we can do. Stop right behind the stage. Yeah. Hey, look. Look at that man standing at the side of the stagecoach talking to the driver. I'm watching you. He's the man with the red hair, the man who looks exactly like me. And the other one on the stage. He's the exact image of you. Quiet. Watch what happens. Listen. What's up, partner? Called me out of town, did
6: you? Yeah. I sure did, Hank. I reckon I'd better take that gold. Take the gold? Why? Just take it. Hand it down, Hank.
5: Hold on, hold on. Why do you want that gold, Ken? Stop asking questions. Just hand down the box. I don't think I'd better, Ken.
6: Now look, I mean business.
5: You—you drawing a gun on me, partner?
6: I mean business, Hank. Hand down that
5: gold. You—you're You're robbing this gold.
6: I'm taking it and clearing out.
5: You tell folks is settling out west. I aim to go there, Ken. I done trusted you like a brother. I never thought the day'd come when. You... Hand me down the gold, Hank. This gold's going to kill me. It ain't going no farther than it is right now. I'm taking it with me. Put away your gun, Captain. Don't argue with me, Hank. I'll shoot you if I have to. And, Five Ginger, you'll have to. I ain't handing down this gold. Keep those hands on the reins. Not on your life, Five Don't now. go for that gun. You, you shot me. Keep cold blood. But... No. No. I, I, I didn't have a chance. You knew I didn't carry a gun. Just a rifle there on the seat. No. I didn't do that. I didn't shoot you. I wasn't going for no gun. You've murdered me. No. For heaven's sakes, this isn't real. I've never fired a gun in my life. It isn't real. No. Well, it can't be. Now, you understand what I meant by no past, no future. That man on the stage—you, one hundred and eighty years ago, on this spot—but it can't be you. That man on the stage was shot. He fell. He's lying there on the ground now. See? turn around. See for yourself. Gone. Everything's gone. Everything. But you and me. I didn't that kill you. That man with the red hair, the one who spoke like you, looked like you, was the first member of your family to settle in his country. He was my partner. I trusted him. He murdered me. But I. I did. How? The debt is about to be paid. No, no. You can't blame me for something that happened almost two hundred years ago. I waited this long for my revenge. I won't let it pass by now. Get into the car. No. No, keep away. Don't come near me. Don't touch that wheel. Time has come. I'm driving now. No, no, I say. There's no way to escape. You can't murder me. I have nothing to do with that you shooting. Can't you can't escape. I will escape. I will, I will. You're doomed. I knew you were some devil. You brought me here to kill me. But you can't. You can't. You can't. The road ends around the thing up there. Nothing but a thousand foot thrust down the mountainside.
6: Pennsylvania Turnpike, tonight's original tale of dark fantasy by Scott Bishop, originating in the studios of WKY. Ben Morris played Ken Miner, Fred Wayne was heard as Hank, and Muir Height was the filling station attendant. Next Friday night at the same time, listen to the 19th in this series of unusual and original tales of dark fantasy. Created by Scott Bishop. Next week's story is called Convoy for Atlantis. A fantastic yarn of ships that disappear. Disappear in the night. of strange and valuable treasures which arise from the sea. An adventure that takes us down to the very bottom of the mighty Atlantic Ocean. For a special observation of the Convoy for Atlantis. Don't miss this weird tale of an ancient race that lives again on a mighty sunken continent. Tom Paxton speaking. Dark fantasy comes to you from Oklahoma.
1: That's the show for tonight. I want to thank you all for listening, and remember, you can find me on Facebook at facebook.com/terror1970, or you can find me on Instagram at radio show nerd. On <laughs> or on Twitter at Radio Show Nerd One. And if you want to drop me a line, say hello, make a suggestion, a request, a even a critique, please feel free to email me at Radio Show Nerd at gmail.com. I also have a YouTube channel, Terror Radio. Duh. <laughs> check it out. Subscribe, like, and share the videos. Highly appreciated. Again, this is your host, Keith, a.k.a. The Radio Show Nerd, signing off.